Welcome into the Leadership Legacy Podcast, where we interview influential leaders, learn the why, and how they turn their passions into progress that set them on the path to leaving their legacy. Welcome to the Leadership Legacy Podcast. I'm sitting here at the tiny closet, Taylor Jones. Taylor, CEO and founder of the tiny closet. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Yeah, of course. I'm all about talking about myself. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about your story. Where did you grow up and where did your love of fashion come from? Um, I grew up in Auburn, Alabama. I've been here since I was five years old. Uh, Like I was telling Holt earlier, I really didn't grow up in fashion. My mom did mostly. She was always very trendy and like it wasn't the typical mom look. Mm -hmm. Um, I really wasn't a big girly girl all through high school. I was in t-shirts and sweatpants as much as I could be. And um, I had a lot of trials and tribulations that happened through me and circumstances through high school with exes and was in a terrible relationship and it brought me down and all my confidence was shattered and I really was kind of told like you're a woman and that you have to be in the kitchen that you need to be a housewife like women aren't supposed to do this and not supposed to do that and mm-hmm. I just didn't think that that's who I was at all so I decided I wanted to be my own boss and yeah so this is kind of what happened <laughs> Well, cool. That, that kind of goes a little bit in my next question about how did you get this job. So what what made you think about buying an old school bus and painting it pink? <laughs> well, to me, it's all about an experience. There's a lot in our industry now that like Macy's and JCPenney's are all closing down their huge brick and mortars. And I really wanted to do something to where people could still try the clothes on and see them but have that experience because I'd much rather spend money on an experience than I would a product. Mm -hmm. But if I can get someone to the experience and then see something inside of it that they love then want to buy, then that's a relationship in itself right there. Well, I think the cool thing, too, is that you you do have a website. People can buy things Mm -hmm. online. And so bringing the experience out where, um, you know, people see a uh, pink bus just driving down the street that piques their interest as oh, well. Oh, yeah. They think it's crazy. It's a it's, it's genius marketing, tiny closet in, in a school bus. It's tiny inside. It's <laughs> awesome inside, um, but it's just genius marketing. Oh, yeah. We want. We said we want to take it during game days, and, like, we've got speakers outside of it and just go through downtown, not even stop, just have mm-hmm. this huge pink school bus go by, and we were like, that would be perfect just for a marketing. Yeah. Don't even have to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we talked. We were talking a little bit earlier about how it's 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 kind of a family thing. Um, you don't necessarily have people working for you, but there's a lot of people working with you. Um, tell us a little bit about that aspect of the, from the from the business side, um, all all that goes on in the background. Well. It's really me that I do the buying of the store, the marketing, and the social media-wise of it. Um, I understand that a ton just because I do have a great following on there, and I do a bunch of research Mm -hmm. about 
how to pique people's interest on social media because you're not one-on-one talking with them you're trying to show them something mom does a lot of the finance and the shipping part of it the stuff that i don't want to do like the Mm -hmm. boring stuff to me um dad is the one that created the school bus he was the one that allowed this crazy idea to happen and he loved every part of it Um, my brother created our website and he kind of answers questions whenever i have them And then um, my boyfriend takes all of the photos and helps me edit because it's weird. We had a professional photographer come out and help us, and we had, like, other models with me, and Mm -hmm. nothing sold when Mm -hmm. they did it. But when he does it, I think people think, like, oh, this is so cute. Like, it looks like a candid, like, the Mm -hmm. Instagram boyfriend took it. So, I mean, if it sells, and I hate it for him because he asked me the other day, um, so am I going to be doing this the rest of my life? And I was like, well, if they sell, you're going to have to. I'm sorry. Yeah. And he has no idea about anything with camera stuff, so we're learning as we go. Yeah, well, I think the cool aspect there as well is that you have that relationship, so it's just, like you said, it's fun. It's right. just, you know, it's it's real, it's authentic, and I right. think that's what, what draws people to your business is because it's you. You mm-hmm. you own, you run the business, but you're also a part of the business. Right. And it's you modeling the clothes, you showing the items for sale. Right, and that's what whenever, before, when we first kind of started and launched it, it wasn't me in the photos, and I had people tell me, like, people know you. They know of you, mm-hmm. so they want to wear what you're wearing. Yeah. So if you're modeling them, it'll do better. And I was like, okay, cool. So once I did it, I was like, great. I tried to get out of modeling for years now, and now I'm right back in into it yeah yeah well it's, it's probably a little bit more a, a better experience knowing that it's it's your products that right. you're selling and it saves me a little bit of money not having to yeah. pay somebody else yeah. to do it tell us a little bit about what is next for the tiny closet do you have any big plans that you can share um well yeah of course we've kind of somewhat announced it we are coming out with our own private label of clothing where we get to actually kind of design some of the clothes and we get to hand pick them and have our own label on it. Mm-hmm. It'll be called Top Left because it's our more high-end brand. Mm-hmm. So it's like everything that you have that's expensive, you want it up on the top shelf to the left so that way it doesn't fall. So it's called Top Left. We're excited about it. We're nervous about it because mm-hmm. you just don't ever know how people expect you to release a product. Um, and this just continued to growing. We are going to move to Nashville in a couple years, and we're hoping that that kind of market as well, because market the market in um, Nashville is like huge now. Like economically, mm-hmm. it's grown so much, and we really think that our kind of trend will work real well there. Yeah, I love I love the Nashville area, the yeah. Franklin, Tennessee area. There's yes. just so much cool culture there. Oh and yeah, and even when we were in Nashville this past weekend, we always when we go, like we're never on vacation. We're always somewhat working. Mm-hmm. We're always like giving out cards or putting stickers places. We're always working, and mm-hmm. I love that because it's. I'd rather be at a job where I love than to be somewhere that I hate. So, um, but there was also like another kind of like, I guess, pop up. Um, it was like a flower truck and it like went around and I thought that was the coolest thing because the first thing I wanted to do was put it on Instagram. So that was kind of another reason with the bus. I wanted it to be like Instagrammable. Yeah, everybody that sees it driving, they want to take a picture with it really quickly. Yeah. Or, you know, if it's they a game day. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. I th- uh, it's just genius and uh, I think it speaks to the entrepreneur- entrepreneurial spirit too when you just you mentioned two years from now you want to move to Nashville but you're already you're already working in that area oh, it's yeah. always planning ahead as an entrepreneur as a business owner even that far out in advance which is not two years is not a long time away yeah, but, but, but when you're grinding every day in a business it is yeah I mean, it and feels being able like to prepare. forever 
That's awesome. But it's great. What principles have helped you personally that you've maybe transferred over to to your business that have worked? It's, it's just all, the whole concept of whenever we did do this, it's just, it blows people's mind that it was me that did it. Mm-hmm. Because like I've said, if you knew me in high school, like I did the bare minimum. I got through school. I didn't care to do school, but I also think that and my parents are going to kill me for saying this, but I don't necessarily think that you need school sometimes. Um, I was not a very good student. I made B's and C's, I, like I said, bare minimum. But, I mean, high school, yeah, of course you need high school. But yeah. once you get into college, it's kind of like, if I'm this creative person, why do I need this? I mean, I'm almost done with school now, so I yeah. can't drop now. Yeah. But I was like... I'm this huge creative person. I see more of like a colorful side, a bigger dynamic of it. And there's some things that like very limit me mm-hmm. into it. So, I mean, stay in school kids, but like at the same time, like do what you want to do. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know if you listen to Gary V. Uh, I know Holt listens or we, we used to listen to Gary V. Now <laughs> we're taking Gary V's advice, but it's all about passion. And, right. and sometimes, you know, it's, it's good to get a college degree if you're in college and your, your parents right. are helping I mean, you through. Like my but, boyfriend does like nursing. So of course, like, yes, please yeah. go to school. Like you need yeah. that. But there are certain jobs where you yeah. need to go to school. But like you said, being creative, I mean, co- I, I want my kids to go to college. I'm saving for their college. I want them to do them, you know, do, to do what they want to do. But there is a lot of, you know, four or five years of, of, of waiting when you right. could be when you could be doing um, and that's how, I mean I feel like that now if there are classes in my major because I'm in fashion merchandising that have helped like we had mm-hmm. one lab that was um, Photoshop so of course that helps but then there's other ones that I'm like I feel like I'm constantly repeating over and over and mm-hmm. sometimes my professors don't whenever I say like I can't be there because we're headed to Mart in Las Vegas and we're learning about this huge Mart that I'm going to and they're like I'm sorry that's not a university excuse so then yeah. I can't I can't make up that excuse and I'm like well I mean I've got to do what I've got to do and yeah. some of them are really good about it and some of it I just I feel like in my major particularly it's like it's who you know where you are at the right place at the right time yeah so but like i said if you want to be a doctor or an engineer please go to school please we need please. we need sound buildings <laughs> and sound bridges and right and we need I'm people going, to save lives like yeah. exactly there needs to be some kind of really cool hybrid of you know get education but also i mean you know you have you have technical schools that, you know or trade schools where if you're going to go be a mechanic or right. you know somebody like that but it'd be really cool to see some type of hybrid where you get the standard education that you need, but then instead of going four years, maybe it's two years, and then right. two years working, right. not like a, an extended internship or an extended, right. you know, because, hands-on. Like I said, in my major, there's like we have to take marketing, and I remember getting in marketing, thinking like, oh, this will be great. I'll understand more about it. But it had nothing to do with what we were learning about with my major. Like I need like fashion marketing, like classes. Yeah. And I think the only ones that you can really get like that are like in New York like at FIT like that's about it and Auburn actually has one of like the top fashion industries in the country so mm-hmm. it just blows my mind sometimes that I'm like geez and I hope none of my professors are listening to this because you're doing a great job if you are but I we need better classes there is a word that I'm about to say and it has a negative stigma attached to it it's called failure right um, what do you think about the word failure and how do you uh, how do you deal with it I think everybody needs to experience failure and rejection because this is not 
one of the industries that everybody gets a participation award, you have to be able to fail to get up and keep going again because there's been many a times where I have completely failed. And I've seen somebody that posted this. She's actually a boutique owner herself, but she posted a thing with entrepreneurs how it's literally like a roller coaster. You go up and down. Like some days you're up top and you're thinking, I'm making so much money, I'm winning. Mm-hmm. And then the next second, you're just like, oh my God, I'm failing. Nobody's buying anything. Oh my God, here we are. 10,000 followers up. We're back down to 9,500. Like, where did we go wrong? So I really think that if you don't fail, you're not going to understand those highs. Mm-hmm. And whenever you're at those highs, you've got to understand that there's going to be lows to that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, well, what's been the hardest thing for you in, in starting and running this business? Um, the hardest part to me is, since I am my own boss, I don't have that person above me saying, like, you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Like, you're doing awesome. Like, but I need you to maybe fix this a little bit. It's me doing trial and error of mm-hmm. things. I mean, of course, I've got a tremendous amount of support from my family and loved ones that are saying, like, oh, my God, you're doing great. But then again, that's still just family and friends. Yeah, and they don't. very biased. Exactly. Yeah. So that's probably a really hard part about it is I don't have that top person saying that knows what they're doing. It's yeah. me telling myself, like, you know what? You got this. I keep a journal, actually, that I take with me all the time. So when I'm, like, at my lowest point of the job, I'm like, this is what happened today. And then when I'm at my highest point, I write that down as well. Mm-hmm. So in, like, four or five months, I can look back at it and be like, oh, my gosh, Taylor, like, that was such a small thing. But you got through it, and this is how you did it. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so smart. There, there are any other sources of inspiration that, that you kind of uh, follow uh, uh, blogs or podcasts or or any type of reading that you do to kind of keep yourself inspired yeah we I actually travel that's my huge amount of inspiration we travel so much now and I told my mom that at the beginning of this year I was like I want to travel like when I'm stuck here in a town that it's so small and you know everybody is hard to get inspiration in Mm-hmm. So when we go to Nashville, I love to go see like all these different places, eat different foods, like be inspired by the fashion there. We just got back from Shreveport, Louisiana for the Miss USA pageant, and there was inspiration there because mm-hmm. I got to dress up and do photos here and there. And then we were in Nashville this past weekend. We head to Dallas on Sunday, and then we go to New York in August, and we're in L.A. in July. So if I don't travel, I get so stuck in one place that mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to branch out into see what exactly I need to do like in September we go for fashion week we may not go to any of like the shows but to walk around New York and to see the different trends and window shop you're understanding what will slowly drip down into Alabama so we get there and it's it's just it's more of just the travel what's your favorite place that you've been so far New York New New York is always like my number one I always say it's like the hustle city because you wake up like you could wake up at seven o'clock in the morning like all right how do I need to make money today so that's my favorite place but LA is pretty nice too but that's more of a place where I just want to go lay on the beach yeah but yeah it's always work well if you were to give someone some advice you're young but you're you're running this business I mean you're you're grinding every day if you were to give somebody a piece of advice uh, that was just starting out, maybe still in college, about to graduate from college, who wanted to start their own business, what would that advice be? Do it. Just do it. I actually had the idea of the store um, way before we even started it, and I was so scared of failing mm-hmm. and not knowing if people were going to be like, she thinks that she is 
this trendy person. She thinks that she is perfect, that she can do this, and I was terrified. So I actually waited about seven months to actually finally just say, just do it. Just start mm-hmm. it. I had my parents pushing me saying, just do it. Just do it. And I was just like, no, I don't know what people are going to think. I'm scared. My advice is to be, just do it. Just push the button, mm-hmm. launch the website, launch the blog, the podcast, whatever you want to do, and just do it because you're never going to know until you press submit. That's that's great advice. Well, I have one last question for you. Um, and this kind of sums up everything that we've been talking about um, so far. And it's it deals with legacy. When you look back on your life, when you're when you're ready to leave this world, you look back on your community, your family, your friends, your business, the people that you've impacted, what do you want them to remember you by and then what does that legacy look like? I wanted people to always think like, oh, she did this because she wanted to inspire others. Like I said, that I did go through something very traumatic in high school with an ex, and I never wanted to be defined by that. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be defined as Taylor Jones, who woke up every single day, busted her butt, got to where she was, and tried to make a difference in women's lives by, like we've always said, that you can't a pair of clothes can't change the world, but putting a certain outfit on another girl to help them change the world mm-hmm. makes it even better. We always yep. want to be able to inspire women that no matter what happens to you, no matter what people have ever said about you, you can be so much more than what your past was. Yeah. So my legacy will always be to that I worked hard, I inspired, and that we changed the world with a big pink school bus. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Taylor, thank you so much of for taking course. some time out this afternoon. Hey, this is your host, Tony Oravet of the Leadership Legacy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this past episode. It would mean the world to me if you would go and rate this podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. Show notes and information on today's guest are on leadershiplegacy.show. 